0: Blog Talk Radio. Idea. Somebody says no, I can resonate. If you say no with a purpose and a plan, you can change society. I come from a group of people. I consider myself a group of people from around the world who've
1: engaged in refusal at times and they've said African people should not be able to do this, and we refuse to accept that. At times when they said, You're not supposed to be here. I said, I'm right here standing. One of those who exemplified that courage, who's passed away recently, was Muhammad Ali. And his refusal to be inducted to the, into
0: the army. He refused to harm other people, although he even said, You know, my profession is boxing. But
1: it's nothing like dropping a
0: bomb on somebody or having a gun pointed
1: out.
2: That thread that goes back through time, Muhammad Ali was a part of that. I hope to connect to that to some degree. I'm excited to see young people
1: doing that similarly today. So I have this idea. And I always kind of pause when I say it
0: because it worried me when I first thought it when I first said it out loud, it kind of scared me. But here goes. Black men should stop playing professional sports. Black folks should stop watching professional sports. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about how I arrived at that from a personal
1: level, from a professional level. I of it is thanks to my mother. Now, when I was six years old, the Dallas Cowboys were my team. Because my family was from Texas, and we were transplants out here to California, and the Super Bowl was on. Man, Super Bowl V. Dallas Cowboys
2: versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I stayed up all Saturday night. I had on a little toy store helmet. I had on little toy store shoulder pads and even cleats. I ran around in the backyard till I almost passed out. And I got up and did it
1: again. So when it came time for Sunday, that game was
2: played in the afternoon, like most six-year-olds, I had to take a nap. Now, I knew my Cowboys were going to win, and so I
1: could
0: sleep soundly. But when I woke up, my parents had to tell me that my Cowboys had lost. So... I vowed in my six-year-old
1: determination
2: that I would become a Dallas Cowboy and ensure that this never happens again. (laughs)
0: So
2: I had it.
1: At the minister for our brother, uh, Brandon Gamble, Uh, he did a a TED talk um, earlier this year, and um, he titled it Stop Watching Sports how we can better the lives of black men. Again, our brother Brandon Gamble uh, did this, tech, uh, this TED Talks um, back in May. Um, good afternoon. Welcome to the Holy Spirit Blog Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. J.R. Harden. Thank you all for tuning in. And I'm bringing the show to you really uh, on the piggyback of yesterday's show dealing with the the uh, exploitation, sex trafficking, and uh, organs stealing and the missing of black and brown girls. And the fact that, you know, through this whole uh, horrific ordeal of our babies being missing, um, where the black men? (laughs) That's the question, is is where are the black men in an outrage of all of these crises that are going on? The only person I've heard come out and talk about it uh, was my brother Phil Scott. From the African Disporter show, the Asper Show, and uh, my dear brother hip-hop legend Willie D. these are the only two black men that I've heard even even cry out about
0: what's happening to my babies, and yet you don't hear anything else you you don't hear nothing else uh, um coming from anybody. The- So I titled my show Why are black men so silent
1: on world and social issues yet they're so vocal about sex and Xbox and I should have added uh, sports. Black men in today's society have checked out when concerning many relevant issues plaguing their said communities. It was the Black Lives Matter that was an organization founded by women, black women, who sparked the first blow about the police brutality. It was also the black women, women of color, sounding off on the thousands of hundreds of thousands of missing uh, and exploited black and brown girls. And even when it comes to boycotting beauty stores and nail salons again, it was a black woman standing alone and fighting the good fight. Black men have become self-centered, not narcissistic. Arrogant, disrespectful, fearful, petty, dumbed down, and and just plain nasty when it comes to protecting the black woman. So we're going to discuss this today, men, and see where we can pick this thing up and and move to a a a a stage of liberation and a protection, but 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 also a, a security, a sense of security that women have lacked from black men. So. We're going to speak about a lot of issues on this show, so it's going to go real quick because I want to talk about the dating issue, um, the educational disparity, and so on and so forth because we're not coming up with excuses now, <laughs> no excuses. But we're going to dive into this thing and and see where the problem resides. And I always say it starts within ourselves.
0: Hell yeah, there's racism they did the discrimination all day, every day. But, w- but what about the, the, the
1: lack of working together? He—he got Byron Allen fighting Comcast by by himself, and Tyler Perry over here doing his little happy shit. You got Jay Z doing his hat. All this separation, you know, all, you know, and, and, and it's deliberate because they feel coming together. Yet the white man, he's coming together on every major event, dominating and total control. But these Negroes don't ever come together to buy out something, to buy out an ABC or NBC or, or what have you. Sure,
0: they won't be, <laughs> they won't sell it to them, but if they came in numbers, they would crush them. All those people I just mentioned and then some, if they came together in numbers, they they could shut this
1: shit down. But they're so busy because they're so separated, they don't even know that. It, it it's almost like they're still enslaved, but, but it's but it's in the mind,
0: in the mind. And we're gonna talk about that also. So amazing, man. When you look when you look at our culture, you damn they gotta gotta go back to the sixties. <laughs> you know, and even the nineteen hundred, black Wall Street. <clears throat> You look at Megan Evers, Men of Courage, Martin Luther King, of course, Brother Malcolm, Muhammad Ali, Fred Hampton, Black Panthers, and and the whole Black Panther crew, Uh, Geronimo Pratt and the whole nine, and H-Rap Brown, so many others. You have men back in the, you know, after after post-slavery,
1: after slavery, black men were, were opening up uh, blacksmith shops and and grocery stores, and because they were farmers, you know, but but they also had a multitude
0: of trades. They, they didn't just work the field. They were locksmiths. They made wagons. They made they made um, shoes. They made saddles. They made horseshoes. They stitched women and men. They made steel. And yet every time they opened the store, what people don't
1: know about the lynchings is the lynchings actually started when black folks started owning things and white folks were roll up in town and said, wait a minute, how did that make Wait a minute. Because blacks were buying from blacks.
0: White right, man would just come in, hang him, hang him and his son, because if if there's any sons, they dead. They, they would lynch him, and take over the store. <laughs> and this happened all throughout the 1900s up into the 50s and 60s. They're still doing it, but they they do it they they, they do it through the banks now. Raise your rent. They find all kinds of ways, tax purposes.
1: Code violations, they they they, they find any way, uh, revoking your license, to renew your license, they revoke those. There's a multitude of ways of, of them shutting you down and, and running you out of business today. If they want you out at of that, at all that said community, or if you're doing major work in that community, well, they're running your ass out of there real quick, right quick, as they say, right quick. And fast forward, thank God, we have a few uh, Julius Malima. In Africa, the brother over there trying to unite. Africa. He he's saying, stop stop thinking about you you, you Zimbabwe, you you Nigeria,
0: and you Kenya. No, you Africa. <laughs> you become one nation. Get rid of all of them. As he said, get rid
1: of, get rid of all of the colonizers. Make them renew their passports.
0: You want to come come over here and and, and, and find a job? You are gonna pay a hefty price. so amazing. And there's a few
1: brothers, thank God, today uh, really, actually, in the industry uh, Richard Sherman is one of them uh, for the uh, 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 San Francisco 49ers. This brother put his money where his mouth is and he 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 paid $27,000 uh, in overdue lunch fees that kids, that old, old um, didn't pay their lunches. $27,000. Brother just paid that last week. Brother Michael Bennett doing the same thing. He plays, I think, for the Dallas Cowboys now. And these two brothers, Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett, they once played for the same team in Seattle, but they were very vocal. And
0: when you are vocal and make a lot of money, white folks get real nervous (laughs) because people people begin to listen listen to you. And both
1: of these guys got, got traded from the Seattle Seahawks because they were too vocal.
0: I like to say they were too black. I think they're still in the NFL. And you, get your, you got your brother, Colin Kaepernick,
1: who is no longer in the NFL, all because their brother kneeled down. Didn't shoot nobody, didn't kill nobody, because you got murderers, you got rapists, you got you got women beaters, you got child molesters, you got all these people in every sport, in every arena. But this man kneeled
0: down, and they say, no way in hell will we let this Negro ever play in the NFL again. So amazing. That goes to show you Black men, you already got an uphill battle I don't know why in hell
1: You make it, you you make matters more worse By being so distracted And so easily entertained by strip clubs Freaking video games and, 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 and oh yeah, man, Mayweather He gonna be, you know, they flying to Vegas and go see Pacquiao, Mayweather You know, a fixed fucking fight Pardon my French Want to be involved in every every silly silly bullshit, but but, but but when it comes to your sons and your daughter's future, you can get nothing about that. And then black folks love to say stupid shit like, "Well, there's some things I can't control." That's a lie. <laughs> That's something they told. They, they
0: created in your mind. Lord, forgive me for the things I can't control. And they stupid. That makes absolutely no
1: sense to have that kind of that that kind of mindset to say stuff. Well, give me give me the serenity,
0: you know. What, 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 what they're saying is, uh, you know, I have a defeated mind. I Have a defeated mind. I saw this wonderful thing. They said, "I am no longer
1: accepting the things I cannot change." You know why? It says,
0: "I am changing the things I cannot accept." In the background, it says, rise. Rise.
1: Stop all that defeated mindset. Oh, the, the things I can't control, bullshit. But, yet, yet, but yet, when, when you want to sell sell something, I want somebody to, to buy your, your, your little, your little mar- network marketing thing. Oh, it's in the mind. It starts in the
0: mind. There's nothing you can't do. But as soon as you got to fight for something, you'll ass." as."
1: well, those are are things I can't control, so I don't worry about those things. That's
0: a coward approach. That's a fear. And God didn't give nobody the spirit of fear. It's a coward.
1: All you want to worship is money and want to be all on social media and, oh, I'm just so blessed, my family, and we have a nice house, and we're living our dream, and God is so, you know,
0: all that bullshit. But you say to yourself, I'm gonna take this quick, quick commercial break. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna play some more for my dear brother Brandon. Um, well,
1: I'm not gonna play Brandon. I want y'all to see something else. I want to, I'm gonna play something else for y'all that I heard earlier today. That 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 uh, is so appropriate uh, for this um for this segment. Back in a moment. PEK Beauty Supply, North Georgia's premier beauty supply and hair care service center, is your one-stop shop for all of your beauty needs. PDK provides natural hair care services for braiding, sewing, and so much more. Give us a call or stop by and see. PDK Beauty
3: Supplies designed with you in mind. Family owned and operated, God driven.
1: Thank
2: you. I am not a God. In the sense that I can tolerate exploitation, oppression, and repression, my worshippers know
1: Free is free.
2: They know the most potent weapon of
1: control for the oppressor. It's the mind of the oppressed. They know slavery is not a condition. Slavery is a
3: cult. Human trafficking is a cult. Slavery got a rebrand like motherfucking the alt-right. And
1: slavery. Every 30 seconds, another chocolate brand, caramel, yellow, high yellow, red bone refugee girl with melanin in her skin gets
0: stashed every three seconds.
2: And to make matters worse, these casual new plantation owners built a pipeline to take our children from school to prison
3: quicker than a cut can bleed. And the lucky ones go from school to the NFL, where they don't even let them niggas take a knee. They've been programmed from birth with shitty food options, contaminated drinking water, gun violence, police brutality, and trauma after trauma after trauma. PTSD, no therapy. Missing, no amber alert. A
1: Wonderful answer. I just want to play that for you guys, man. Thank, big man. I mean, just, just really, um, that, that's that serious, you know. And um, blew my mind when I heard it too. But, 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 but it, it just it shows you that, that that this is warfare. It's not a game. See all these, all these people all, all, all on social media always talking about money, 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 money. How to get money, how to do this, how to focus this, how to focus that. And everything is about the mind. Now it's about the mind and, and, and no excuses. You know, you don't you don't try hard enough. You don't have the will. It, it, you can manifest anything through the mind until you got to fight
0: for your freedom. And these bitch niggas run like hell. That is a demonic mindset. We are a sick people mentally. Oh yeah, we look good. We got on we got on Dolce
1: Gabbana, Cologne and you know, the the, the, the the nice shoes and you know, European of course, you know, gotta be new European. Three hundred dollar pair of slacks and, you know, four hundred dollar shirt, you know, jewelry on and, and diamonds and, and we looking oh my god, he you know, oh man, what did he do for a living? But at the same time, he can go to he can go to a freaking department store, and and and, and with all with the two thousand, four thousand dollars worth of clothing on, and they still frisk his black ass and slam him to the ground because they understand that you don't value your life, you value their shit. <laughs> You're a clown. They they know it's freaking clothing. You don't see white women walk around for the, for the most part. Wearing name brand shit all the time, just black women fighting, you know, a whole paycheck to to, to get a damn purse because the all-star weekend. She takes her ass down to Miami or wherever wherever it's at. She broke as hell because she spent all her money, her whole payroll on, on one outfit or
0: one damn purse. You look at all these things that, that's going on,
1: that's been going on for, for for over a decade, and all these women going to nail salons, beauty salons, liquor stores. I mean, getting beat and ran out of these stores while black men are filming this shit. Shout out, shout out to that one, brother. I forgot it was two it was two incidents, only two out of two thousand that I, I forgot the beauty store, what what, what city it was in, but um, the, the, the 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 man beat the woman up. <coughs> The Asian store at the beauty store, cause her son, her son grabbed a dollar, a one dollar thing off a keychain or something. So she she threw it back on the on the counter, and she she was arguing with her son about taking stuff. Now while she's outside trying to discipline her son, the Asian man he he mad I guess cause she threw on the counter. He comes out there snatching on her and punched in the eye, and the shit got filmed by a black man. The only, the only the only good comeback on that story is the next day there was some black men boycotting that store, and black women, they were lined up because he had a big sign say everything is half off, and some black women got in line and went ham on the brother for telling them, don't go back into the store. That's one incident. And there's another incident with, with his brother, I think it was in Alabama, but don't quote me on it, but this, this brother, because I, I played on one of my shows uh, a few months ago, uh, this brother kept warning this Asian store about putting their hands on black women. So he had heard of it again. So to make a long story short, the brother goes down there with a brick, with several—I'm sorry, several bricks. He had a bag of bricks, and he he made sure people people filmed it. I want to see New Orleans. Was it New Orleans. Maybe New Orleans, but I'm not I'm not sure. But anyway, he, the brother had a brick. He he, and he walked to the store. He told he told the black women because the store was packed. He said I need y'all to, I need y'all to come out this store right now. He was trying to warn them. He he was about to throw the bricks to the window, but you know some black women they sitting there still getting their nails done. And he told the white guy, I told you, by putting your hand on black women. So nevertheless, the brother comes outside, he started breaking all the windows you know, out of the guy's store. People are you know, panicking and running around and all kind of mess. And, and, and lo and behold, the police came and, and they arrested him, but they, thank God they did it peacefully. They had been in Chicago, I think. And they came and got him and they arrested the brother. But the brother got out the next day because the people bailed him out. But my point is,
0: he told the man, don't ever do it again. The man didn't. He came back and showed him what he showed him, but can tell it. And never left there was a store
1: in New York City. That a black woman, uh, shout out to uh, Sister Jay, She shut the store down. But <clears throat> the, the, the the one that that, that the, the grandma got beaten and and her two granddaughters and, and, and black men sitting outside watching and filming, and lo and behold, uh the sister Jay, every time he reopened, she came back and finally shut the whole damn store down. Cause every time he opened it, try to reopen up two weeks, three weeks later, she was out there front boycott. The guy finally gave up. He probably somewhere else somewhere else in New York, but he ain't there. <laughs> she told me he wouldn't make one, one more
0: he wouldn't make not one more dime on this block. <laughs> and she did it. She did it. Again, black women, black lives matter,
1: all these people are, are women of are women of color are having to fight their own damn fight.
0: Because Negroes are too busy at, at the ball, at the strip club, at somebody's girlfriend White House, dipping, sitting in front of the TV playing a freaking Xbox, buying Nikes and Jordans, debating Tupac and Biggie.
1: Bible tells you about when I was a child, I did childish things. But basically I'm paraphrasing. I put away childish things. Black man ain't done that. Umar Johnson said a few years ago. Umar said, he said he said when you meet, say two a white kid and a black kid, at the age of 16, they playing hip hop music, they doing their thing, they wilding out, you know, cutting up and, and and what have you, at 16.
0: Fast forward 15 years later, at 31 years of age, the white boy now is an attorney. The black boy, still wearing timbers and shit, is in the court.
1: And the black, and the white guy looks across the hall. You see who he's about to prosecute. And this is home from school. The white boy grew up, the black boy stayed at 16. 31 years of age now. Some of 41, 51, 61. Still walking around hat on backwards, Timberlands on. Are you freaking kidding me? You made you made a workbook. Timberland was a freaking workbook. You made this white man a
0: multi billionaire on a freaking workbook. Till this day, I see the new Timberlands coming out. Oh, they they gonna flock to the them. All. They multi colored. They look good too.
1: Here, I had to go to Europe to keep his brand rolling because Negroes they left him. When Dapper Dan or whatever that clown name is, he start working with Gucci, promoting Gucci. We ran to that. Instead of Dapper Dan starting his own clothing line, what he do? He sit there and get under the mask
0: and leading the flock to the end, straight to the end. We'll play some answer from this dear brother, um,
1: Brandon Gamble. Uh, he did a again. He did a TED talks uh, uh, um, early earlier this year. And he's talking about telling black men to stop watching sports and how we can better the lives of black men.
2: I up to the local school. They had an after-school program for sports. They got a sign-up sheet. I took it home, brought it to my mother. She said, no.
1: But, Mom, we're from Texas. We, we love the Cowboys. This is what I must do. She said, no. You are not playing sports, particularly football. came to find out later that summer when we took a trip to Texas to go visit a relative that my cousin
0: had played football and he broke his hip and his pelvis and he was in a body cast. I'd never seen
1: a grown person have to be helped to use the restroom. Understood that no, on a physical level, but it still kind of stayed with me that I couldn't play sports. Both my parents are teachers, particularly math and science teachers. They're very focused on the idea that I had to do well in academics. And sure enough, I didn't believe them when I was six years old,
2: but I earned my doctorate in educational psychology. My mother would love that. I've had the chance to be a clinician and a researcher and also in charge of mentoring programs for young boys. And I've asked parents, what
1: does it take for your sons to be successful? Out of the hundreds of parents I've interviewed, very
2: few actually said athletics were a part of the equation. They're more focused on their love for their son, their flexibility as parents, and making connections that would help their son lifelong, not just on the playing field. I also did a dissertation, looking at social capital networks, what those are really the
1: relationships that people have with other people, to help their programs.
2: And these two programs I looked at in Los Angeles were mainly focused on the
0: success. They had vast social networks, but very few
2: athletes in their
0: network. I mean, even those athletes were more utilized for their college-going context rather than the athletic prowess that they had displayed in the past. So this got me thinking a little bit me back to the broader question of
1: this whole thing about black men in sports here in the United States, but also worldwide.
0: Because there was a question throughout the 1900s. Are black men intelligent enough and capable enough even to play the games that they're telling in today? Like basketball and football. Can they even coach? And that was a question not too long ago. Three new folks it's not close because they were Inspiring to me as I was growing up. Demonstrated that, yes, not only were they capable, but they had a chance to impact the rest of the world. first one is Paul Brooks. He was a football player in the 20s and 30s, but he used his platform to speak about human rights for workers. Another one was Bill Russell. Bill Russell
1: was one of the first black coaches in the modern era in the UBA, or the National
0: Basketball Association. And he had to deal with racism in the locker room on his own team as well as in his own community. And he connected people now. Another one got me thinking internationally was Pele.
1: One of the ambassadors from Brazil, Pele's own country, said that Pele was one of the greatest ambassadors he had ever met or ever seen.
2: And his idea was to simply spread joy, but also highlight. Great things that are happening throughout the world, particularly in so called third world countries, but reminding people of their
0: humanity
1: so those are pieces
0: and parts of education as well as
1: all right that, again that that's our proper branding yam, I just want to play play you with this instance of this because it was a thirteen minute thirteen minute um uh, uh, speech that he did dealing with, dealing with uh, football and he he just going on to the, the how initially how um Athletes were considered uh, dumb, really dumb. He didn't say the word dumb, but I'm telling you, they were, they, they were considered dumb, ignorant, and didn't have the capacity to even think. We're talking about the black athletes, but but he, he's going to end this thing. I'm gonna, I'm going to end it for you. He's going to end this thing, really talking about why it is, why it is that uh, black men should focus, on, it, it should give up sports entirely, and stop watching it all entirely. I got one more. I got one more insert I want to play. in this guy. Brother talks about the top the top five issues facing Black America. At first, you know, I was kind of mad at the brother because I ain't like what he was saying. But, truth be told, man, uh, everything he's saying is true. We gotta look, look within ourselves be- before we uh, run, run out and blame racism and all these other kind of things. We we first gotta, you know, sweep around our own front door. So I'm gonna play this insert. It was hit, It was heard by over six million people. Wonderful um, message, and I want you guys to hear it also.
2: What are the five biggest issues facing Blacks in America? Here's my list. Problem number five, the victim mentality. Nothing holds someone back more than seeing himself as a victim. Why? Because the victim is not responsible for his situation. Everything is someone else's fault. And the victim sees little chance of improving his life. How can he He get ahead if someone's holding him him back? All this makes the victim unhappy, frustrated, and angry. This is how too many Blacks see themselves. As victims, so much so that their victim status becomes their primary identity and their ruling ideology. I call it victimology. Unfortunately, many black churches preach this victimology. Many black parents pass it on to their children, inner city schools teach it to their students, and the black media reinforce it. Meanwhile, the NAACP and other black grievance groups fundraise on it. Problem number four lack of diversity. Blacks repeatedly demand an honest dialogue or debate about race. But how can there ever be an honest dialogue about race between blacks and whites when there is virtually no honest dialogue between blacks and blacks? It's hypocritical. And if a black doesn't think whites are ultimately responsible for black people's problems, they're labeled a sellout, Uncle Tom, or race traitor. As long as this type of groupthink exists, race reverence of the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson type will continue to be celebrated, our independent black thinkers such as professors Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams will be shunned. The honest race dialogue and debate that first has to happen is not between blacks and whites, but between blacks and blacks. We demand diversity from others, but need to practice it ourselves where it really matters, and thought, opinion, and even political affiliation. Problem number three, urban
0: terrorism.
2: As just about everyone knows, but too few talk about publicly. In majority black cities, violent black-on-black crime is rampant. A Department of Justice study from 1980 through 2008 revealed that blacks accounted for almost half of the nation's homicide victims, 47.4%, and more than half of the offenders, 52.4%, all while being 13% of America's population. The Tuskegee Institute conducted a study of all known lynchings of blacks that occurred between 1882 through 1968. During this 86-year span, which is essentially the post-Civil War era up to the Civil Rights era, 3,446 blacks were reportedly lynched. Presently, black-on-black murder eclipses the number of blacks lynched over the course of 80 years, roughly every six months. Unbelievably, the culpability for this disproportionate amount of mayhem actually lies with the menacing 2 to 3% minority within the black populace. I call them urban terrorists. And since they're literally spawned from problem number two, the black community protects them. Problem number two, proliferation of baby mamas. The disintegration of the nuclear family has led to an astronomical increase of single-mother households. According to the Moynihan report, in 1965 nearly 25 percent of black children were born to unwed mothers. The report's author Daniel Patrick Moynihan, said this was a disaster in the making. He was, of course, vilified by so-called black leaders and their progressive allies. But he was right. Today, the out-of-wedlock birth rate is nearly 75% and even higher in some urban areas. To be clear, baby daddies share this responsibility with baby mamas. Yet, while baby daddies are blamed and rarely shown compassion, baby mamas are rarely blamed and receive both compassion and support. This lopsided dynamic and the previously listed pathologies stem directly from the number one problem facing the black community. Problem number one, unquestioning allegiance to so-called progressive policies. Unwavering loyalty to progressive liberal policies is the primary reason these dire conditions persist. It both makes them possible and perpetuates them. It's no coincidence that progressivism is the common thread that binds predominantly black cities where single-parent homes, Failing schools, rampant poverty, and crime predominate. Look at cities like Detroit, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. They've been run by progressive Democrats for decades. If their liberal policies were at all effective, these cities should have become models of economic growth and prosperity. Instead, they're models of dysfunction. By fostering and exploiting the victim mentality, discouraging self-examination, subsidizing baby mamas, and making excuses for black thugs, So-called progressive policies don't alleviate the problems that afflict the black community. They aggravate those problems. You may have noticed that racism did not make the list. Why not? It's simple. There will be no solution to the problems afflicting black America until more blacks recognize that the issues plaguing our community are ultimately self-inflicted. Does racism exist? Sure. But there are other problems far more serious. And waiting until there are no more races will mean waiting and making excuses Forever. I'm Talib Starks for Prager University.
1: Oh, I have a wonderful good instant Um that um, <clears throat> that I, I thought I want to bring to you. Listen, guys, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all were inspired by this show. And um as we always say in part of to love yourselves is to know yourselves and to know yourselves comes by spending time with God, man. And like right, me, you gotta wake up, man. You got you gotta put the video the video shit down, the club, the strip club, all the foolishness the foolery. And begin to to be outraged about what's happening to black and brown girls, uh, women and gentlemen, but just particularly, especially black and brown girls across this nation. That your ass ain't in the forefront, and they fighting by themselves. I'm gonna play this thing I heard from this brother today, man. Powerful thing that this brother said that um, I heard uh, about black men in the role of a black man. Which I'm gonna end with this. I'm gonna end with him because this I, I thought this thing was was um, if I can find it, yeah. It's so moving and so
0: compelling about what this brother's talking about. We'll see you on, on the next one, man. Peace and God bless. I, 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 need, I need
3: to hear that first question. Paid. You said you've been married to your wife 18 years and Shane never paid what? I've been married to my wife for 18 years or 19 years. Boom, my wife that has never paid a mortgage payment. She's never paid a gas bill, an electric bill, she's never paid a cable bill, she's never had to pay insurance for her cars. I pay for all that. But that's what a fucking man does for his family. I don't I don't I'm not on no pedestal behind it, but that's what a man is. A man takes care of his family. My wife shouldn't have to worry about a goddamn mortgage payment. She has to worry about the lights being on, gas being on, food in the motherfucking refrigerator. She don't pay for food, she don't pay for none of that. That's my motherfucking job. Understand me? Yeah, you know what I You us to do that shit. That's what a man do, and a man don't brag about this shit. I'm not bragging at all, but that's what a fucking man does. A man got eight children, and 12 grandchildren. Say it again. Um, okay. And I've never been under one child support order in my life.
2: And you take care of all
3: of them. You do it for and all I do them. for all my kids whenever they need me. All you got to do is call their daddy, and I'm right there. So if you meet a motherfucking nigga that can't treat you the way your father treats you, You don't need that motherfucker. Ah. And I'm gonna say it again. It's not about being on the fucking pedestal. It's not about being on the pedestal. It's not about somebody telling you how good you are. Because here's the thing. Why the, I don't need a motherfucker to tell me I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You understand know me? They talk about women that just take care of their kids and no dad and all that type of shit. Put the mom on the pedestal for doing your fucking job with a goddamn man. But when I do this when I do what I'm supposed to do. You, mean you ain't got to praise me to do what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do that. You don't got to. Oh, you're crazy. No, you don't. I don't need to be on a motherfucking pedestal because I'm doing what the fuck I'm supposed to do for a life I've brought into this world. That's just crazy. No, sir, That's crazy. It's crazy. Niggas want to get paid today because they pay a check. I support paid. I'll pay this You want to be on a motherfucking pedestal because you send a goddamn check because the kid don't never fucking see you. A goddamn check don't go to the basketball game. A check don't go to the school to see how good you go. A check don't help you with goddamn homework, nigga. You can validate a check. The fuck is that? Yeah. Your kid wanna see you, nigga. That's right. You stay on a whole nigga with a dick can make a baby. It takes a real motherfucker to be a father.
0: Amen.